0: won't put it, so we going with that unknown season, season four. I'm Slim your host, I got being here, got my partner Reggie in here, and an exclusive guest, Miss Ashley, go ahead and introduce yourself for me Miss Ashley.
1: Hi world, I'm Ashley, uh, the founder, executive director of the Village Community Project here in New Orleans. The
0: Village?
1: The Village Community Project.
0: Village Community Project. Yes. And please enlighten me, what does that entail?
1: Of course. So the Village Community Project is a nonprofit organization uh, with the mission to invest kids in their village, in their community, in the histories of the people who built the environment around them, um, and the history of that, to help them dig into why certain things exist in certain places. Um, and ways that they can engage with those community organizations, people in their community uh, for the purpose of increasing the students, kids, uh, educational um, outcomes. Uh, and I kind of started this, it kind of, the idea came from a year that I had in, at, in one of the schools that I taught at. Um, I'm a teacher, this is my, I'm going into my 10th year teaching here in New Orleans.
2: God bless you.
1: (laughs) And one of the things, one of the years was so traumatic for myself, for the other teachers, for the kids. And I realized that, you know, in educational spaces, we're doing a lot of things that just don't serve our kids. Um, But one of the things that served me As a student was knowing the shoulders on which I stood stood on and knowing the history of the people around me and really being able to to dig into that when I felt like giving up or I felt like I couldn't do it and I think um, the students that we serve here in the city definitely can benefit for just some truth of being able to look for truth wherever they are um, and and grow their community because they know the truth
0: okay and we're going to get off into everything that stands for yeah. and what you're trying to do. All right. But let me get a little background on you. So you are Ashley Brown, correct?
1: I am. You are
0: <laughs> an educator. I am. In Jefferson Parish right now? I
1: actually am. This will be, I'm going into my second year in Jefferson Parish. Yeah.
0: And this is just a side note. Jefferson better than Orleans. What you think?
1: Um, I think that they're a public system, right? So because it's public, there are more opportunities to be fair, <laughs> whereas Orleans unfortunately has it, there there's like a, a a dark cloud hanging on it because the schools are so private and you you can't figure out what's 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 real and what's not real, what's good and what's not good, um, and it has the vibe of an experiment because the majority of the kids who are who are in that system are black or brown children, and so it it feels it feels distrustful. And it feels like it, it feels like it is not the best system for us. Is that the truth? We'd have to figure it out. But um I'd say as a teacher in Jefferson Parish, I definitely feel valued. I definitely feel, you know, like I know the pathways and I can see them. They're not invisible. So yeah.
0: I respect that. <laughs> I respect that. Right. I had a conversation with somebody this morning actually. It's about twelve o'clock on the phone. <clears throat> and we were talking about the schools and how parents don't understand really how the system works. Yeah. And I'm a parent, but my son is out of town, so I don't have a child right. in the Louisiana public system. Right. So the lady was explaining to me, like, you have these Parish School Board, mm-hmm. which is crucified by everybody. Mm-hmm. But when you do the report card thing right now, the these Parish Schools are actually the ones that's under the school. Well, all of them under the school board. Right. But the ones that classify, that's not a charter or whatever to renew. Yeah. They're passing. Yeah. So it made me think, like, so <laughs> I look at it like a hustle, right? Right. So I got a charter school. So the more students I get, the more money I get. I don't care if you can't pass the leap if they still giving the leap. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I don't care if you can't read or you can't do basic mathematics. hmm I'm gonna get this funding mm-hmm. because I have per se 2,500 students. Yeah, and that's not cool. It's not cool. And parents, they you know they don't see
1: it. And it's hard to see, right? They make it really hard to see. Uh, you know, and I think that's the biggest part. That's the part. That's the part that I I like to tell parents. And I'm not gonna tell you what your opinion should be or shouldn't be. You are able to develop that for yourself. But at the end of the day, you should ask all of the questions, right? And if anybody is keeping you from asking the questions or seeing the full picture, you should have a question mark on top of your head about what is really going on here. And also, why Why do all the kids look a certain way? If I'm in Jefferson Parish, of course, certain communities are gonna be more of color or more um, Caucasian or more Vietnamese or whatever, depending on where you settle at. But at the end of the day, all of these school systems work the same way. Um, but when you come to Orleans Parish, you, the it's pretty much 99.9% black. And if that's the case, and they're saying kids are passing in all of these ways, uh, why don't, why don't I see that? You know, why are people crucifying this the school board? Like, what is the disconnect here? And we just gotta ask more questions to get to what the truth of the matter is. Um, on top of the fact that if you look at the way the schools are broken up, Across networks there are like five major networks that are running the school if that's the case why are we not united under a single board then exactly. you know why is that oh does that have something to do with the amount of money that certain schools are getting because of their having more schools and having more students and who does that benefit especially if they're all running the same way anyway so um, I would say you know ask the hard questions and do the pressing I'm not going to tell you what to think but ask the hard questions.
0: Yeah, you gotta start by asking the questions. Yeah, right. <laughs> and were you educated in, in New Orleans public schools, or
1: I was not. I'm actually from Atlanta. I came here in 2011. Um, so I've been here for almost 10 years. I came here to teach, actually, because of a program that I got into that had me be certified. And I was a part of, you know, Orleans Parish Schools uh, t- as a teacher and as an administrator. So I did two years as a principal, um, and right, right. this past year, not the year before, uh, you know, I decided that it was a, enough was enough. Uh, you know, it was time to do something different um, and to use my voice and my advocacy in a different way.
0: Okay, is was Georgia education different from what you've seen? Yeah. What you've encountered in Orleans Parish, yeah. Jefferson Parish?
1: Yeah, well, it's more like Jefferson Parish, right? So Georgia has a public school system. So depending on what county or what Orleans Parish would call a parish, what county you are, you go to that school um, similar to Jefferson Parish. And, you know, public school systems, all school systems have some some element of things that are not fair or things that are inequitable. Um just by design of like policies and systems of being in america you gonna always have some type of inequality but i think the public school system does give an opportunity for different kids to to experience each other right Is not uh or for parents to have a say and for teachers to have a say um and i think that's the thing so if i were to if my georgia education experience would be much more like jefferson parish and i think that my public school education did wonders for me, so I'm not mad about that. And I think being in Jefferson Parish, I, I feel as though as a teacher, I get to get a chance to teach the way I I need to teach for my kids, and I feel appreciated because of it.
0: And with that being said, was <clears throat> do you think the students are not <clears throat> non-willing to participate mm-hmm. or they just, they can't figure it out, or?
1: I think, um, in my experience, I feel as though a lot of the processes we get, we have in schools are, get in the way of our kids. Um, and, you know, I'll say definitely things have changed since I came to New Orleans. When I first came here, it was a, what people would call a no excuses environment, um, <laughs> where kids are, and mind you, we're teaching I've never taught a classroom with uh, more than one child of other color besides black, right? So the kids who we're teaching are primarily African-American children. Uh, and, you know, the expectation was that they sit quietly and that they walk down the hall a certain way and that they do things a certain way. And, you know, the research that we were using and maybe not even research, the things that we were using to base our principles on were not, because the kids loved it or they needed that. Um, most of it is based on just like fear. And most of it is based on like, if I can get you to sit down quietly for 30 plus minutes, then I can hammer all this information into your head because you need it, because you're impoverished, because you're black, because your communities are, are um, lacking all of these things. And if I can get you to take this education, then you won't be that way. And everything will be better, right? And that's like, the wrong way to approach education anywhere to be like everything about you is bad (laughs) and you need to do it my way. All of that, all of that's wrong. And when I, as a teacher got to the place where I realized like, actually there's nothing wrong with my kids. Actually they are going to move because they're five and that's okay. And they're going to have opinions because they are supposed to. And when I got to the place where I realized like how to harness that and to allow the kids to have a voice in the way our classroom culture was made. Um, my kids were felt, you can see the difference. Like it was, you could touch it. Like you can see that they were invested in this learning because they knew that they were powerful and they had, they could do it, you know? Um, and I think a lot of times, you know, we hear this all the time. It's like education sometimes looks at kids as though they don't have anything already. It doesn't recognize what they bring to the table and it doesn't try to build on those strengths. It actually tries to break those strengths down um, in order to build ones that we think are more acceptable, which never works. And ain't no, nobody's ever going to be invested in that, like when you tell me that I'm wrong because I am who I am, right? So, yeah.
2: Did you find that same type of attitude in the Georgia school system?
1: I think you find it everywhere because that is the attitude of America, <laughs> right? When you teach anybody who is non-white, you're going to have, you know, lower people have lower expectations for them because that is how america sees people who are non-white um i i have my own experiences right of teachers telling me that i could not do it like you can't she couldn't i remember in seventh grade i had a teacher who told me i wouldn't make a d in her class it was a math class i wasn't good at it um but she didn't know you know my mom and she didn't know my grandma and she didn't know that i came from a family of people who were just like we we don't take less than we are not less than. And when my mom told me, that's what the teacher told her in a camp conference, I kind of, you know, it was taken aback. Cause like, how would a teacher say that to a child? And also she don't know me, you know, and I ended up getting a B out of that class. So I think it's, it, it's not about regions. It's about, it's about American, how we see non-white people. We see them as less than, and they can't, Um, And we expect them not to, and we set up the systems systems for them to fail. So that's what I think.
0: And that's true. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) we looked at as all these different adjectives, even when you just describe the word black. Yeah. You know, I I was looking at um, I was giving somebody a jump the other day, Mm -hmm. and you know, I'm looking at the cables like. It's shit amazing. Like red is positive, black is negative. <laughs> All right. It's just like everything. Everything. And I think back to to Malcolm X mm-hmm. when he was in jail.
2: Yeah.
0: And Brother Baines told him, you know, go define the word white and go define the word black. White was pure, yeah. innocent, right, <clears throat> <throat> beautiful. Now I define black, angry, mean, right. <laughs> and then they try to throw in the adjective, and you know how it's um the market is black. Mm. nah man you just it's bad that's how you putting it so you know these kids they I hate to say it from from pre-k to up that's how they feel because that's what they seen and that's what they're being taught so you coming in and changing the narrative hey man that's cool yeah and you know
1: right I think it's you know even more than I think really the kids are changing the narrative right like giving them the opportunity to see things as they are Um, and I, you know, that's another commentary about school is like school presents to you, whatever that teacher says is okay. You know, um, you know, when I get into my classroom, I have a curriculum and for the most part i have to teach the curriculum but also i can pick and choose what i teach and what i don't teach how i teach how i explore different ideas right and depending on my comfort level i might choose to like stray away from some things or i might choose to teach it the way that i was taught it you know and so there are there's a lot of autonomy given to teachers um and hopefully we're choosing the teachers who who are doing the just thing for our kids but in some cases we're not you know we're choosing teachers who have believe, and you, I don't know if you'll ever know or how to be able to weed them out, but you're choosing people who believe certain things about people of color. And if that's the case, then you're going to have kids who come out to your point, uh, having certain beliefs about themselves because of this person who has presented information in a certain way. Um, and I think, you know, the, the, Village community project, our goal is to like not present it at all, allow kids to like explore it and then form their own opinions for about it because they can, Um, they can do that and they will do that and they'll come to their own conclusions and their conclusions might not be the same ones I come to, but it doesn't have to be at the end of the day. It's about knowledge. And if I give you the knowledge, if I give you access to the knowledge, whatever you make of it is on you. And it's much more powerful than me not putting it in front of you in the first place. So that's the goal is like, stop hiding it let's stop hiding the ball put the ball right there what you see is that ball red is it round is it square is it triangle why why would they make the ball that way you know and giving kids an opportunity to engage in learning in that way because then they they have a voice and they they start to form opinions and develop critical thinking skills um and that's what we need in order to to push forward in this world to become you know the change we want it to be we have to have the knowledge
0: so would you say that's your mission? That the, is definitely the, the mission.
1: Absolutely. And Absolutely.
0: <clears throat> Are you in this organization? Is it just you or is it a team of people?
1: Right now, it's I am the founder and executive director. I have a de- design partner um, who uh, actually was a teacher with me. Her first year in the classroom, we taught together. And, um, you know, I was able to see her move forward the the ball for kids who had uh, special education needs and she was such an advocate for them. And she, we've been friends for a very long time and she helps me with a lot of the, um, design elements to make sure that, you know, the things that I'm doing are aligned with uh, the community that I serve and that uh, with the mission and that they don't come off wrong. Um, and I think you always need an accountability partner. So she's like my accountability partner. And right now it's was just, you know, the two of us plugging along uh, trying to make this happen because we think it's, it is an important supplement to the education that kids get traditionally
0: and it's, it's definitely different mm-hmm. <laughs> and why would you say your organization is important and what what why would you say it's important and what's the age group that you're targeting
1: absolutely um so I would say it's important because uh, to the point about you know what kids are are taught in a traditional setting, um, a lot of times you're going to you miss out on the opportunities for kids to like critically think about things and to really like dive deep into certain subject matters um, because. You know, schools have to hit certain b- benchmarks, right? So they have to get through this module or this unit or this. And those things aren't always aligned to who a child is, the culture they come from, the background they come from. It is not aligned to like who lives on their street, uh, what street they live on. And this is, this education model is important because it gives kids the opportunity to like look at themselves and look at the world around them to see you know what what kind of learning what kind of education does my community give me that i then can build on when i go into a traditional educational setting um and right now we're serving edu- uh the age groups between seven and ten we have um a community investigation series that is going to launch off in august and we are excited to have Kids come and participate in our community-based curriculum in order to to get a chance to like see what does this do for students? How do they leave us? Do they feel more empowered? Do they feel um, more involved in their community? Are they more aware of themselves? So right now, that's that's kind of the the um, age range we're working in. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> Interesting. And. <laughs> in- It's all neighborhoods or?
1: All neighborhoods, all kids. So um, actually next week, Saturday, well, I don't this will be July 18th that we're having um, what we call a meet and eat where we're inviting families and kids to come out. We're gonna feed the kids breakfast and everybody else will be allowed to have um, a donut. But it's an opportunity for them to learn, people to learn about who we are. Also for kids, if they're age seven to 10, to come out um, and pre-register with us to get into the community investigation series again happening in, in August. So, yeah. Any neighborhood across the uh, New Orleans area?
0: Yeah, that's, <laughs> <laughs> I know a few. <laughs> I need to sit around now. I know a few. <laughs> and with the current, you know, political and social climate mm-hmm. as of today, because, mm-hmm. you know, it it differs by year. Yeah. You know, how how do you respond to the political and social difference right now.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean it's interesting, right? Because this is not the first time we are having things like this happen. You know, this has been the battle ever since uh black people in America arrived in America. (laughs) Ever since that ever since we received freedom, ever since, you know, we got the right to vote. Like we've been fighting these battles. Um and I think Really, in my opinion, the biggest way to combat this climate is to become more knowledgeable of the history, uh, more knowledgeable about like who you are as a person and what that means. You know, when I wake up black in America, what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean for me? And how do I make that come to life? And I and I think it means that we take the space as people of color, we take the space to to. Uh, dig within and like really learn about who we are, the people we come from, and also just like our history here in this country, you know, the different ways in which we've been hindered um, and the different ways that we've triumphed because we've triumphed a lot, we're resilient people. And and I think all of America should be doing that. Do I think all of America is gonna do that? No, um, because it benefits some people not to know, you know, ignorance is bliss in a lot of cases but it doesn't mean that it has to be your bliss. So, I think gaining more knowledge, just just seek knowledge, seek truth at every turn and and you decide for yourself, you know, is this it who you want to be and then be that unapologetically.
0: Yeah, because you can't you're never going to get to where you're going if you don't know where you've been. Absolutely. You know, and people always be like Forget the past, and why do I need to know I passed? You have to know where you came Absolutely, from.
1: Absolutely, right.
0: To get to where you've gone. Absolutely. Like, I know I came from New Orleans East, and I'm trying to travel to bad road. Right. Like, right. you have to look at it yeah, like right. that because that's so important. Absolutely. You have to know what your, <clears throat> you know, what your mama been through, your grandma been through. Right. What your ancestors went through. Right. So, you know, this is what I'm encountering this is where they stopped at. I'm not stopping here. Right. You know,
1: absolutely. You got to know the shoulders that you already stand on. Right. Otherwise we end up fighting the same battle over and over again. Um, I've been doing even before the unfortunate George Floyd, uh, issue and all of these things that happened even before that I spent a lot of this quarantine time doing like a lot of reading of like things Just I just never got a chance to read and you realize like a lot of the things that we are saying on CNN today on whatever network we're saying them on today have been said already Malcolm X said it in the 60s uh, you know people said it before him and all of these different things and so it's like if we don't go back and dig how can we build on something and I think in my personal opinion, I feel as though trying to continue to to fight America for the thing that America has made clear is not gonna give you is counterproductive. Like, I feel like we we are what we have and it's important that we build on who and what we are. Um, and how we do that, you know, is left up to the people, but I feel as though it's, it's very clear when you go through the history um, that America puts caps on pe- at every level. They put cap on people at every uh, on black people at every level, um, and I don't think that's going to stop. I don't think that's going to stop. And so, then what do we do? You know, how can we turn inward to be successful?
0: That's true, and it and, and it is a cap. And Brother Malcolm said it in the the sixties, mm-hmm. and. <laughs> I mean, this is like the, the BLM movement, right? Yeah, right. I, I'm not down with it. And people are like, well, why are you not down with it? Because they missing the point. <laughs> like, you're an organization now. Right. You were started by whoever you were started by. Right. You gather all this money, right? Mm-hmm. You get donations. Right. Because you're a nonprofit organization. Right. What is your motive? Can't nobody tell me the motive. I don't want to hear about you're going to arrest the cops that did this and that. I need laws changed. Mm-hmm. With $4 million, uh, however much you raise, I hate to say it, I reference a movie from 1983. Tony told a lawyer, that's a million dollars. <laughs> right. With a million dollars, you could buy a Supreme Court. Right. So with a million dollars, you could go to a lobbyist yeah. in Washington, D.C. and say, look, this is the law I want change. Absolutely. I don't want cops putting in on people back mm-hmm. I don't want them choking them out here go the money get it done but what we do fall for put a banana in the tailpipe <laughs> every time oh well they ain't gonna change no love but we gonna um, we gonna take master out of the bedroom when we selling the house I ain't ask you for that shit
2: mm. what yeah <laughs> they
0: gonna take master from the bedroom <laughs> or L'Oreal is gonna take this off their makeup line we no, ain't ask you for that we
1: also don't want that and nobody cares about who that who gives a shit about we don't care you know, about that at the end of the day, it don't matter. Like, if, if the laws are not changed, if I'm not getting a reparations check tomorrow, then none of this matters. Um, and I think, to your point, it's just like, I, I'm i tired of explaining to other people how valuable I am. I know I'm valuable. You know I'm valuable because I see my culture everywhere, yes. you know? And so, like, let's stop trying to get them to... to ex- they, These people ain't crazy. They know what's going on, so let's do the right thing. Um, and that, you know, I don't know the ins and outs of the logistics of the black lives matter movement but i i know that in the weeks after george floyd's murder you know i got annoyed with people explaining why black people matter we know we matter i got annoyed with that and i'm black
2: <laughs> so, like.
1: so it's like i don't want to keep doing this part because i don't want to keep rehashing my trauma for you to be like oh here's an ad you i don't want your ad
0: I'm I don't. sorry what my my, my my people done to you.
1: I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't care about it. I want. I want the money. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get I'll take a reparations check and I'll definitely take take some law changes, some very intentional law changes that you're going to abide by. Um and and I think at end that's all that matters. This is America. That's all that matters. Everything is done either by laws or money. Laws yep. or money. So if it ain't laws or money, keep it. You can be racist. I don't care if you don't like me, but you need to pay me.
0: Exactly. Pay me what I'm working. What Pretty much. Give. Pay me what you paying Mr. Johnny over there.
1: I don't care. I don't care Will about you. You
0: giving not. Mr. Johnny 65 an hour? God damn it, I want 65 exactly. hours. I don't want 64.50. I don't want 64.25. Absolutely. Give me my 65.
1: Absolutely. Because, you know, and it needs to be a law that I am paid at that same right rate if I am as skilled. And if that's the case, if that's the law, and if that's the money, that's all I need. I don't need all that other stuff. You don't have to apologize. I'm good.
0: Exactly. So, what's your organization? Yeah. So, you're going to explain to kids how, okay, you live uptown and this is why uptown looks. Yes. You kind of break it down for me?
1: Absolutely. So, you know, in our initial curriculum, some of the things that we're exploring is, is the theme of what is community. So, we're looking at uh we're helping kids to discover what makes up a community. Um, Is it the people in the neighborhood? Is it the resources that are available? Um, And them digging into like, what makes up a community? What makes up a a village, if you will? Um, And then going deeper into um, the different resources that are, are available, right? So if I live in, well, Actually, we're going to go into like the different parts of the city and what the different parts of the city offer, the naming of them. What are they named for? Why are they named that? When do they get those names, you know, um, and, and and talking about the different attributes of those different neighborhoods um, and really starting to dive into the history of those neighborhoods. Um, And then moving on into, you know, what things are are offered in those communities and how do those benefit the people or how do those hold the people back? Um, And then the stories of the people, like what are the stories that the people have to share? You know, what are the experiences they've had in certain communities and why? Um, And really, again, for the purpose of rooting kids in the fact that they are a part of something bigger than themselves. And when you learn these things, you're able to grow your intellectual capacity in order to better your community. Right. If you don't know, then you end up doing the same old thing. Um, but if you do know, then you have the opportunity to, to work in a way that, that progresses your community further than, than ever before. So, yeah.
2: So how's it, but how, like when you, the how do you teach the children? Are you riding around in the Agnes or are you riding around in the ninety four? Right. <laughs> you,
1: you... So so right now we're doing um like I said we're gonna do it'll be like a teacher classroom experience uh where I'll present them again with like a question or some type of idea to dig into and I'll give them some like base level information um and then give them a question to research. And, and and within a certain amount of time and with support, they'll be able to come up with like, this is what I learned about this community. This is what I learned about these natural resources. This is what I learned about this group of people. This is what I learned about red beans and rice and why we eat them in New Orleans. This is what I learned about why second line music exists. This is what I learned about why, um you know, the ninth ward is called the ninth ward, you know, like giving them that opportunity to like, to dig into that and investigate that for themselves. Um, now before COVID-19 when I was planning this I did intend to like actually take them to certain places Um, and it may still be possible we'll see but for the most part it'll be digging into books into uh, internet resources into maps and like primary sources into like historic documents Um, and you know eventually branching out into like you know exploring the actual community space
0: now I'm listening to I like, her. <laughs> I like her, I like her. I like her. I love her. You know, people, people don't understand. Okay, all over America, they, there's counties, right? It's mm-hmm. in Louisiana. It's parishes. Yeah. All over America, it's um, it's medians. Yeah. But in New Orleans, it's neutral grounds, right? And <laughs> I laugh because I'm thirty-nine. And they have people that 65 don't know why it's called a neutral ground. Right. So, I used to tell people this, because I I drive a limo too. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, that's a neutral ground. Why is it called a neutral ground? Because the Spanish stayed on one side and the French stayed on the other side. Uh And on Sundays, we meet up on a neutral ground. It's neutral. (laughs) So, I can buy from you. Because remember, the Spanish ain't want shit to do with the French. French. And then when it became... The new America, mm-hmm. they ain't want shit to do with... Right.
1: They have separate sections of the city.
0: You're Right. Right. That's why your Bourbon Street is Bourbon Street right. until you cross over Canal right. and you go uptown, it Absolutely. becomes around the left. Absolutely. You know, and people like, that ain't true. It is true. <laughs> <laughs> right up Canal Street from, from Claiborne, right. if you make a right, you know what I'm Absolutely. saying, you're on around the left, you make a left, you're on Bourbon. Right. And that's why you have the neutral ground, so... It's real important and kids should know that. Absolutely. It's just like with the laws. Like, we so different. We have Napoleon laws. Yeah. And people like you go research some of these laws, you'd be like, What? Yeah. Like it's stupid laws. Yeah. Crawfish, you can't do certain things to crawfish. Right. And man, it's crazy. Like I wouldn't look this up and I'm sitting there like what?
1: And it's so much, right? So this is and I feel like New Orleans. And, you know, you said when you said about you go uptown, downtown, I'm like, you must have been reading what what I'm putting out because that's what we're exploring. We're talking about all of these different things. Um, And it's important because when you live in a city that people have called like New Orleans, the most African city in America, when you live in a city like this, um, it's important that you make the connections because, you know, if you don't make the connections, then people exploit your richness uh, for their own benefit because of your lack of knowledge and we can't we can't do that anymore as black people we have to stop doing that you are the reason why new orleans is what it is why people travel here in droves you know right but if you don't explore it if you don't own it then other people exploit it, and then now you, you know, similar to, I I would say, the educational system. People exploit it in a way that you feel as though you're standing on the outside of it, but really you make it up. So you should be the one running it. Um, But that's not the case, right? So it's a way to, it's a way, knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. It's a way to give us our power back, and we start with, in my opinion, we start with our kids. Give them the knowledge. Let them ask the questions.
0: Right.
2: So, um, I want to change my birth certificate so I can take the class. <laughs> <laughs> but you said
0: um, that New Orleans is the most
2: African city? In the U.S. You
1: go, how, what, what do you mean by that? So, uh, New Orleans, I believe, I don't want to misquote my facts. I have to go check my resources. But I believe New Orleans is one of the uh, cities that actually got the uh, shipment of slaves from what was called Angola. Um, And from there, because they were colonized by the French, the French has a very, as you know, laissez-faire, which is a term that New Orleanians use. They had a very laissez-faire way of managing their Africans. Um, So they got a lot of chance to keep their culture. Whereas like, if you got dropped off in Georgia, if you got dropped off in Virginia, they were immediately brainwashing to get rid of your culture. But in New Orleans, It was not the case. Um, There's this thing called the Code Noir Noir that came out. I can't remember the exact year, but it allowed, because the French were Catholic, it allowed for Africans, the enslaved Africans, to to celebrate and to sell their wares on Sunday as a part of the Catholic law because the Catholics wanted to not have to deal with the burden you know that was their way of like justifying that God was okay with this, right? Hmm. To give the slaves a day, hmm. Um and
0: give a nigga a day,
1: <laughs> and <laughs> <I'm> so, <sorry.
0: laughs>
1: so so you have things like Congo Square come to and so like to your point about the streets. Congo Square is on North Rampart. Rampart is a wall. It's a fortress. It separates the city hmm. from the undeveloped land. Congo Square is right on right behind the wall so that's where the enslaved africans would go on sundays to do their cultural rituals there's a lot of great books about these um they would do their cultural rituals and they were able to maintain a lot of their roots where a lot of other places where african slaves were imported didn't get to do that they immediately squelched any cultural semblance because they felt that that made better slaves um and then as you know with the spanish being here and the french being here and then later on The uh, uh, English, the other Americans coming and settling, there were a lot of what they call miscegenation or mixing of cultures. And so when you have all of that going on, it's kind of hard to, you know, wrangle a certain culture. Hence, you have all of the foods that are very African in nature. You know, you look at uh, gumbo, which is very similar to stews made in Africa, rice, which is uh, an African things that they harvested and grew in Africa. And even if you look at the type of slaves that were captured from Africa, they were picked because of their ability to grow these plants, right? So like, uh, there were a group of Africans who were very intentionally chosen from Africa to come to this city in order to like do the, to raise rice plants and to raise it because they knew how to irrigate the land. They, They had skills that these colonists could use. Um, So, you know, New Orleans is a place where I was able to really keep a lot of their cultural essence, whereas a lot of other cities weren't able to do that or uh, other African groups weren't able to do that.
2: So it sounds like we kind of more African than some of the African towns now. Yeah,
1: yeah, I mean, definitely. It's seen in if you break down any cultural practice, (laughs) any cultural practice in New Orleans, it traces right back to Africa.
2: But it's not
0: like that in Atlanta? Heck no. <laughs> wow. and, and <laughs> I wish it was. And like you, you said Congo Square, that was the gathering on Sundays. Yeah. It's like the Sixth Wall. Like that's where the first black people.
1: The Treme, right?
0: In Treme. Yeah. Settled. Yeah. Then you go to Train Park. People get it confused. Well, no, they settled on Train Park. No, they brought houses in Pontchartrain mm-hmm. Park. train they were the first blacks to buy our houses, right. but to live in New Orleans, mm-hmm. it was the trammel, yeah. and it's so disgraceful. You go around there right now because I feel like the city has a, a plot on them. We are gonna raise these taxes so high now, so it's like an older generation around there. Right, I can't afford eight thousand dollars a year property tax, and right. I'm on fixed income. Right. So what happens right. when you can't afford eight you grand? We sell your house. We put it up for auction. Mm-hmm. The new developer come in. He snatched it, pit and now he gonna try to sell it back to you. Well, really, he don't want to sell it back right. to you, but he gonna jack that price up to five hundred and fifty, six hundred fifty grand. Absolutely. Now where you at? More right. on this east. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> and even though, even the struggle for Partner Train Park, right? So there, you know, initially there were, there was this. There's always, and even in the Treme, right? The, the building of the highway through the Treme, all of these ways in which. The the plan and the plot is to stomp on Black life, giving Black people Pontchartrain Park. Uh, and it was a fight. Like having a neighborhood where middle to upper class Black people could buy homes and live, uh, in a decent manner was a fight. All of these things were did not come easy. Didn't come easy to 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 Black people, but um, we're here because that's who we are.
0: And we ain't going nowhere. Right, absolutely. <laughs> and no matter how much they try to kill a culture, yeah, cause they they, I mean, what is called be cult- cultural vultures, right? Culture. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? Like with the second lines, and it's a reason these people do these second lines. It's a reason why the Indians mask up. Mm-hmm. You know, like you say on Sundays, the Catholic people try to, and I'm Catholic, and I just hate it right now. <laughs> It's like, you know, because they passed... Catholic people are the reason slavery began. Because they, was, they ran around, the So right. they passed these laws like, hey, you go to Africa, you go on the west side, you go on the east side, then Portugal, you go on this side, you take these people and it's right. cool. Yeah. So like she said, they try to justify what they did was wrong. And I hate to say it, we going to get a niggas a day. Mm-hmm. And then they will be Sunday and they celebrate. So... We were congregating in Congo Square, right. you know. That's why it's so, so relevant and right. you know to us. But
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: In the in people that were born in the '90s and up, they don't get it. Yeah, they they don't know the history and, and they they're not concerned.
1: And that's the that's the problem to me, right? That is that is the ultimate problem. Is because now we're so distracted by the other things that we have that we don't you know, we don't see that history repeats itself. If you're not aware. Um, and another reason why I feel as though teaching kids is teaching kids. This is important because once you lay it on the hearts of a child, then they have the ability to make connections that, you know, adults of course can make connections as well, but many times, you know, adults will rationalize good, good and bad and, and truth versus non-truth. Um, whereas kids don't really do that. Uh, and also, when you plant a seed in a child, it's different than when you plant it in an adult. Um, because an adult can be like, well, you know, I'm actually not taking that information. I'm not gonna do anything with it. Um, whereas like, but in a child, you plant the seed and, and they are more likely to be like, hey, you know, I learned this somewhere and I see how this is coming to action and I see how I can do this differently. So yeah, that's, that's what I think. It's like, you, you give it to them young so that they, they know how to choose, you know, the red and the blue pill,
0: that and they, metaphor. <laughs> and they're intriguing, right? Yeah, right? A kid, a kid asks a lot of questions. So if you teach him this, he go home, like, Reggie, look, the lady told me this. And even if you don't know, now you're going to go start exactly. looking because you don't want to look dumb All in right. front of <laughs> your kid. Absolutely. So now either you're going to ask somebody or you're going to go do the research and like, absolutely. Damn, I ain't know that. Yeah. <laughs> you know?
1: Absolutely. It's true, you know, and like kids, kids are so curious naturally. And you know, I hope that a lot of adults maintain their curiosity, especially in times like these. I hope that we're not out here just regurgitating stuff that we heard on Instagram. That is super. Oh, helpful. you
0: know, that's the Bible, right? Now. <laughs> that is so, the Bible.
1: That's so irresponsible, but uh, unfortunately, people are doing that. The but,
0: book of love, caught in the Instagram. <laughs> 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 All right
2: about New Orleans?
1: I read a lot of books. I like reading. It's one of my favorite pastimes. I oh, read a get lot it of books.
0: Twisted. She went out veteran, right? She heard <laughs> play oh, don't get it twisted. Yeah. And they, <laughs>
1: they put me on a whole lot of things. And you know, I ask a lot of questions. If you ask him, I ask a lot of questions. It's it's a habit of nature.
2: What's the most interesting fact about New Orleans that they might change um, somebody's life if they
1: learned it? If they life. learned it? Um... I that do, you, can, su- you, know you what? can survive here. I that you can survive, but I think that it's that the city of New Orleans, I think is seventy uh, percent African American, seventy percent or more African American. Um, and yeah. then if you compare that statistic against pretty much any other statistic, like yeah, home ownership, uh, employment, income, uh, incarceration rate, like if you compare the fact that we are the city of New Orleans is so black but everything else that is positive is so not black mind blowing
2: so are you running for office i'm
1: not <laughs> i'm not i'm not political at all no <laughs> yeah. i'm not political at all see your
0: point cuz it is 70% african american yeah. maybe 28% caucasian and 2% the other yeah but we number one in incarceration yeah we number one in debt number one in in health problems, mm. mental problems, but hey, that all plays back to where you're from, what you're seeing, what you know what you know, mm. you know, and I go back to maybe our third episode on this podcast. It was mental health everybody, me personally, I think everybody who was born in New Orleans from whatever. Should have seen counsel, a counselor, mm-hmm. absolutely. Because is people, you don't. Know, it's not just about grief from loved ones that's that that's passed away. It's just about the shit you've seen. Mm-hmm. Like he from Uptown, mm-hmm. I'm from the other side of Uptown. Where he from? Right. And it was a difference. Like I'm on Delishane Claybone, he on Ferret, between Ferret and um, Danielle. On General Pershing, mm-hmm. What I saw on the other side, I ain't see on his side. Right. Because where I was at was kind of calm. But on his side, I was like, my grandma would be like, I'll go your ass over there. Right. After, you know, 8 o'clock. uh, You know, he'll tell you, you can go out to the Magnolia. Yeah. You walk through the Magnolia on a good day in the 90s, like, man, it'll you up right as a you know seeing this right uh just seeing what your parents went through just the struggle
1: right absolutely they have this thing um you know as an educator this thing called aces it's called it's an acronym for <clears throat> adverse childhood experiences and the science behind it i want to say it came out in the 90s the science behind it is that if you are a child and you've experienced, uh Four or more adverse childhood experiences, you're more likely to to have various health conditions. Uh, you have chronic stress. You are more likely to like have sex earlier, to be pregnant earlier to die young because of these adverse childhood experiences. And the first time that i ever talked about it with Reggie, you know, and we numbered off the, you know, if you have violence in your community, you've seen somebody shot, you've seen somebody robbed. If you have a parent who is abused or who, you know, various kids who have parents who are addicted to various things, you know, these all impact, your lifespan. <laughs> they impact your lifespan. Um, and it's not to say that it's something that is unique to black people, but in the environments that we grow up in and the environments that are very intentionally created for us to, to grow up in, you know, we, our life expectancy is shortened by these things. Um, and you know it, that goes into like you said about mental health. Bro. We need counseling. We need to talk to somebody about it because our outlets are tend to be very unsafe outlets.
0: <laughs> Facebook, <laughs> Instagram. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Right. You on the corner? Who the little dope head But absolutely. I'm gonna catch him when he when he when he's sober. Right. I'm gonna go talk to Rev and Rav's been dicking my grandma out of money. Right. Since 1960, talking about we getting a new building. But, I mean, hey, think about it. Like you say, you know, we have white friends. And we go all sit down, right? Me and Reggie can sit down. Reggie, you seen somebody got killed before? Yeah. You seen somebody shoot dope before? Yeah. I think we have seen everything except rape because a black man wouldn't right. allow himself to watch, watch a woman getting, right. mis- you know, mistreated right. by another man. But have you seen a parent... Not even not a parent, a family member mm-hmm. in a domestic situation. Yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying. Have you ever been in a house and your lights get cut off? Yeah, and you tend to ask the other people, and they'd be like, "Oh my gosh, I I, I never seen anyone just get their head busted open." No. Well, I have. Mm-hmm. Like, <clears throat> fucking broad daylight. Yeah, absolutely. Right. It did something to me.
2: Right.
0: And it, and when other people see it, and I can even say it kind of make you feel a certain way sometimes that shit might make you feel like I could do this shit too mm. I could just you know somebody I don't like I could just walk up to him and blow his brains out or it could make you feel like man you know this scared me right
2: I'm
0: traumatized now
2: right
0: I can't go to sleep right cause you know I was taught as a youngin you know if you are gonna kill somebody don't watch him fall what type of shit is that to tell a child right ain't that cold <laughs> you know don't cause he, he told me if, if you watch him fall you are gonna have nightmares you know, <laughs> you yeah, feel saying you. you know what I'm saying? Like, ain't we supposed good. to be telling these children, man, go to school. Right. Don't don't go for this degree. Right. You know, go get this degree. But right. this is the shit. Uh, look, 28 grams in these zones. Like, I understand it's mad <laughs> 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 But that ain't the kind of math. All right. You know. Well, you could get this for these 28 grams.
2: Right.
1: And all of that's trauma. All of that's trauma. Um, and then when you sit down and realize like you've experienced that level of trauma and you go back and look like, well, no wonder, you know, I I do this or I exhibit anger in this way or whatever. And then you realize this time, again, it's knowledge. When you know, you can heal. When you know, you can do better. But you don't, if we walking around thinking that this type of behavior is normal because everybody else does it, you know what I'm saying? We don't realize that we're killing ourselves.
0: And... In, in, uh... I'm a big advocate about this east, and that's how it is. People, people see things and feel it's normal and they come up that way. Mm-hmm. And then they get to raise their children, and it's like it's normal. And it's not. You know, yep. the cycle has to break somewhere. Absolutely. So with you and him, I, I really appreciate it. Like y'all trying, mm-hmm. y'all putting the work in and y'all really trying to show them, like. You don't have to be like this. Mm-hmm. This is where you came from, but you don't have to go there. Yeah, you don't have to stay stuck there. Right. And
1: speaking of the East, before it's one really good book that I just read this summer. It's by a woman who's from New Orleans East. It's called The Yellow House. I can't remember her name, but I encourage you, as a person who's an advocate for the East, to read it. It is. Um, it is uh, very telling. It's pretty much her story of her life in the East, but also the story of the East, how it was developed, um, how it le- was left to be nothing, um, and then who was who was pretty much made to move here and to settle here, and um, the way that it pretty much looks today. It's called the Yellow House. I can't remember the author, but she's from here.
0: Sarah Broome.
1: That's her. Is it? What's the? The cover of the book has a picture of a little girl. It's like colors on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't remember her name, but I just I read it earlier in the in the year.
0: You know, I, I know you you're not from here, but Reggie, I tell you, boy, CC nineteen yeah I live in the east, boy. You live in the east, boy. Y'all got money. <laughs>
2: I told him. Yeah. I told her. I He told right me. Like,
0: people be like, man, you got right. money. Like, nah, we, right. you know, we live in the apartment. Oh, apartment? What's an <laughs> apartment? It's not a shotgun? Like, nah, dog. You know, we got a little bathroom. Then we got a little half-bathroom yeah. downstairs. Right. And, right. You know. Right. It was the place to be at Exactly. Time, bro. Tell somebody living in the East, now, man. I'm not coming out there, this dog, man. Y'all be tripping, man. The lights <laughs> don't work on the interstate, <laughs> man. y'all pulling people out cars. And yeah. It, it's like. It was booming. The oil, the oil field was booming. Mm-hmm. They, the state did what they did with the deal. So the oil field stopped booming. Everybody moved to Houston. Because we had Fortune 500 companies up in Down Canal Street. Right. You know, shells. Your shells, your tidewaters, your Exxon, mm-hmm. your Freeport, McMarine. Everybody went to Galveston and Houston. So all the good people in the east went all across the lake. Right. So... You know yep. when I own these properties and I can't fill them for the for the market rate, yep. I'm gonna get it some kind of way. Right. Then right. you put these people in here and it's like, I don't give a shit. I don't own it. Yep. You know, and somebody told me in Georgia, it's like, you could live on the street if the street got 25 houses. On the three, I'm gonna be section eight. Yeah. And that's gonna that. make them three fall in line with the other 20. Right. With the other 22. Right. To follow the rule. right? Down here's different. Yeah, you could have thirty houses on the street, twenty-eight of them section these. Right. Yeah. Especially
1: they, if it's a part of the city that you know is not heavily visited, right? So it's not in the, it's not in the touristy mm-hmm. parts of the city, right? And so it, it's not messing with nobody's money, and if it's not messing with nobody's money, and it's only affecting people of color. Then people like, okay, we ain't gotta do nothing about that.
0: And prime example, that's why the homeless people are here now. Right. It, it's crazy. Like, but but what you just said, it ain't in the tourist area. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you coming from if you coming east from Georgia, Bama, Florida, all you gotta do is stay on the state. Right. I ain't telling you get off. Cause, you know, when you go other places, like if you cross Kenna and cross the boundary Carrie they got the sign say food, lodging. Gas. Mm-hmm. You don't see that shit when you come through the.
2: Year. <laughs> I'm lying.
0: Think about <laughs> That's it. That's crazy. You don't see that you got a shell of this exit? Nope. Keep going. So, you know, they that was that was they, they, they laid this little grand scheme of plans. You know, they they took the homeless people with COVID that just helped them. Yep. Well, we gonna put them at the quality hotel Absolutely. over there for Reed. Absolutely. So now every time I go down Reed and Buller, yep, I got these people yep. on the corner. Absolutely. Begging, well, they gave you opportunity to try to get your life together in this hotel. You could take a shower, you could eat, you could do whatever you need to do, mm-hmm. get medicine, and find a job. But now we gonna just go in the east, and they, they, it's, over. it's over. It's over. It's over. But I'm gonna go ahead and win the, the power ball, and I'm gonna just buy everything out here, and I'm gonna just gut it. <laughs> that sounds like a plan. You know? <laughs> Always, you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna yeah, gut it. You like know good. what I'm saying? And we gonna we gonna become one. But now nah, not getting off subject. This is a brilliant, a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant idea, and Thank you. I pray that people flock to y'all.
2: I appreciate it because
0: this is needed. Absolutely. You know, we see everything else; it's something positive. And you know, I I tell him all the time, B is like, we doing a podcast, and it's like they don't care because it's positive. But if I'd have got on here and talked with you about August Alcina, mm. we'd have a million hits right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. But right, we can't stop. We, we can't stop the course, and we can't let social media defy the mission.
1: We can't be distracted for sure. You know what I'm
0: saying? Yeah. And I think about these kids, cause I got a little kid, two houses down, guarding my windows. I was about to kill a little bar out the night, <laughs> cause I thought he was playing on my window. So I thought somebody was trying to get in my house, and the whole time it's 2.30 in the morning he outside on the skateboard but he on my sidewalk uh, and I'm like where your mom at you know it's like I know where she at he don't know where she at but you know right. she, she getting loaded Right. you know what I'm saying he finna for herself so I had to kind of explain to him like you can't do that because the average person would have try to ask questions later mm-hmm. you not doing nothing wrong but you really wrong because you outside this time in the morning mm-hmm. you know so what you doing is gonna give them some some guidance, yeah. make them intrigued, yeah. make them you know wonder about other things, absolutely instead of the bad things,
1: right? Some food for thought. Miss Brown
0: told me that you know, for instance, Lil Wayne stayed over here, yeah. So now I'm gonna start googling with the General, I think of General argument mm-hmm. or whatever. But baby stayed on violence. Mm-hmm. Then you are gonna see all this cool stuff that was on violence, right. and you know right. when you start researching and like. Okay, this uptown. So this is the 13th. But when I cross here, I'm in a 12. Yep. you know, because I still get confused with and it. And then right? understanding
1: why those wards exist, right? What are they for? Why? What's the purpose of those? Right. Um, and, and having that background knowledge, it's, you know, it's it's something different to be in a place where you know why the systems exist the way they do, because you can't, you can't, you can't do anything about it unless you know that it's there <laughs> you know right? You, and, and that's what systems of power expect us to do is to not know because we've been so battered and so brutalized for so long that we just stop asking questions and we just accept it for what it is but that that's when you die if you stop seeking to be better for yeah. knowledge then then that's when you die
0: in the street right? we just been over and to take it no rubber. No no <laughs> nothing right Just, and we can't
1: know. we can't afford to do that especially not now we've come too far to do that
0: exactly and we're powerful
1: we're absolutely powerful people. and they know it because if we weren't so powerful, they wouldn't spend so much time trying to figure out how to keep us down
0: exactly. I tell everybody when you define you know when you talk about us, I can give you a bunch of positives first thing we survivors. <laughs> yep. We could get through anything. Like, I think about Katrina. How many people off they sell for Katrina? Mm. And it wasn't nothing. And I know plentiful people who love him. Man, I ain't got a quarter, but we still here. Right. You know what I'm saying? I ain't got a quarter, I gotta gotta have a pack of cigarettes, a fresh white tea, and I'm on the prep with this gas. But we still here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We could do anything, we could make anything. We get along with anybody, right. you know, we could work, yeah. but yeah, they define us as, as, you know, something else.
1: Right. Like if you just, if you think of power, right, we, we are not the people who needed to go steal a whole nother people to make our land and our country right. run. Mm-hmm. Our country and land was abundant before we even knew white people existed in the world. We did. If you go back and look at historical texts of uh, European explorers who came to Africa, they would call it the land of plenty. They called it abundant. They call it just like it it was just a place that just was so rich. Right. And we didn't need to go steal nobody else to make that happen. And I think that's the realization that that we need to to come upon again is that like all we ever needed was us. Is it all we ever needed Mm -hmm. was us?
2: I think that's the whole issue. We we afraid, uh, or we just don't know. We don't know. Um, we 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 using that uh, the the capitalistic, um, yeah. way of life mm-hmm. is the only example, mm. right? Right. And not to say we won't be socialists or something, but maybe it's another way. It's another right? way. We just have to be be able to sustain on our own, right? And not my whole thing is not to be. We need protection, right? Yeah. In a sovereign nation, where if you mess with us, then the fines are double, Absolutely. right? Because Absolutely. It, it's, it's fine that we, we show we could we could thrive on our own, but then you come burn it down. Yeah, right? you, uh, you just come kick it down. Right, right. So that that if that happened, then whoever burned it down. Let them come to our Right. You know? Yeah, we, we we punish them. Yeah. And, and I and think
1: that's sort of... a, a teach, right? Because right. we ain't going to punish
2: people. No. And I think that's the whole thing. They think that we going to treat them like mm-hmm. they treated us. Mm-hmm. We ain't like
1: that,
2: bruh. Mm-hmm. Somebody going to say, hold up, don't do, do that. Mm. I mean, you know, Yeah, enough, right? and, and, and that's yeah. true. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. So, but you teach. <laughs> right. So, Right. You know, it works, I'm because yeah, you know, I always say, what what happened in in Europe when you stole something
0: back in
2: the day, you got sent to America, right? Mm-hmm. right. You know, yeah,
0: and you know what? That's right. what Fidel did in the eighties. Like America, because you know America is a whole thing. Fidel Castro, Saddam Hussein, and Muammar Gaddafi, they they had a plan. You know, they had a plan. And it included us, yeah. Fidel Castro, Cuba produced the sugar. Mm -hmm. You know sugar not sugar no more, but they produced the sugar. And they got mad with Castro because Castro wanted to do this universal healthcare. The same with Muammar Gaddafi, if you had a baby, like he married, he married and you married. Y'all have a child, Muammar Gaddafi gave y'all 50 grand and you had free water. Like the water was free and it's the best water. America didn't like that, so Fidel said, "Since y'all won't f with me, I'ma send y'all all the crazy." So he sent <laughs> all the people in Cuba that was that you would call special, uh, right? Um, not re- I don't want to say retarded.
2: Founding American fathers.
0: He sent the ass <laughs> over here and it's like I'ma punish y'all <laughs> or like all the criminals. So you know, it it was a punishment, right? To to come here, so, and it's, yeah. it's hey, man,
1: it's it's a crazy, 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 uh, existence. But I think none of it, we we just gotta find our place in it, you know. Um, and to that point we made originally, we need the policies and we need the money, and that's really all we need, cause all we 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 have the ability to do it ourselves. It's it's the it's if America is going to let us you know and that's been the biggest hurdle is like the moment we find the freedom they figure out a way to take it back because they can't take how powerful we are um and how much of a voice we have and the fact that they've been perpetuating this lie that we are not powerful for so long you know if i let you you all know you know reconstruction the years after slavery You know, black people, there were more black people elected to the Senate, black people could vote, black people started their own towns, you know, they had their own schools, they had all of these different things that showed that they were not the savages that people wanted, made them out to be, and... After those seven years and within those seven years, the U.S. government had to had to figure out a way to put the lid on black people. And that's where you get Jim Crow laws. Jim Crow laws came after those seven years of reconstruction uh, because they they realized like all of these educated black people are going to sway the vote. They're going to change the way we do life here in America. And we just can't have that. And ever since then, they've been figuring out policies and procedures to put the lid on black people. And it will continue uh, until in, until we harness that power um, of knowledge, that power of ability to fight for the right things. You know, we don't like to what we said at the beginning. We don't want vain apologies. Like your apology doesn't mean anything to me at this point. I'm I'm a, I'm more American than I'm in, I am African. So none of that. All of that stuff don't matter. You do need to pay up for your original sin, as Charlemagne the God calls it, and you also need to give me policies to be protected as I go forward to build the nation or the communities that look like what I want them to look like.
0: Rewrite this goddamn Constitution. Right. Take that, that 13th Amendment out. <laughs> I'm on that. I'm on that. Take the 13th Amendment out. All right.
2: And they say we keep saying the government, the government is just a piece of paper. Who is this dude government who's, who's stopping us, Right. We paying the taxes, and I think everybody got a heart. You got some. You got some people that just really racist will to keep us down. All right. Who Who we gotta pay? Oh, you know, cause we can chip in to change whatever we need to do and get the protection. Oh, to I
0: gotta go up there with the put the in their face. Bro. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but they.
2: It's okay if you want to open it back up for COVID. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> right. stop, well, Miss
0: Brown, what? <laughs> what can you be reached at as far as if you got an email address website is sure. the, the uh, bible social media
1: <laughs> <laughs> on on social media on instagram we're at the underscore ville v-i-l-l-e 2020 that's our ig um email admin at theville um also theville project.org is our website so just Look us up on all the platforms. Um, we intend to just do good work in the community, um, changing the hearts and the minds and the lens of our youth for hopefully, you know, creating a, a better a better community for our future.
0: And I just want to say thank you again. Thank you for having me. That no, no, was fun. Thank you and thank you for what you're doing. Yeah. And. Thank you for getting my partner right, because I know him. I know him. I've been knowing him a long time since elementary school. That, He's been a good dude, but I see something different right? in him right now. And I, I want to thank you for that.
1: Well, thank I, thank you for thanking me for that. But it's mostly him. He got a he got a, the mind and the ability. He got to, it. He do. He I just, know he got yeah. it. That's mostly him. Maybe I plant a few seeds, but it's mostly him.
0: <laughs> and we want to thank everybody for tuning in. We'll be over there on the board. My man, uh-huh. Reggie right here sitting next to me. He's from. Yeah. Yeah. And me, Slim. going gon' film the podcast. Yeah. New Orleans. New Orleans. Stop the violence. Stop don't the violence. Stop now. the violence. Uh-huh. And then the words of the famous popper. Uh-huh. Yeah. Love is the answer. Who cares what the question is? Uh-huh. You gon' film. You gon' film now.